the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Together for Good, brought to you by Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio. Together for Good exists to recognize and uplift the many people working together for the good of San Antonio and the surrounding communities. Now here's the host of Together for Good, Cody Knowlton. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us again today on Together for Good, brought to you by Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio. The Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio exists to honor our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and our Baptist heritage by providing needed funds for health-related programs at area nonprofits and churches. And so today, we are going to learn more about one of the great nonprofits operating in San Antonio whose mission is to provide direct services to children with disabilities and developmental delays. And a quote that I saw recently from this organization, it was one of their board members who said, Brighton Center, who we're talking with today, is a place where each child finds their own perfect timing. And I think that really sums up uh, what this great organization does. And this organization, Baptist Health Foundation, has been uh, close to since 2005. So we've known y'all for some time. So we're here today with Katrina Campbell. And Katrina is the CEO and president of Brighton Center. And Katrina has been with Brighton actually since 2011, where she was their chief development officer doing all the money raising. And, and of course, as CEO, she doesn't have to do any of that anymore, right? right? No, No. exactly. Somebody else does that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But she actually uh, became the CEO in October of 21. She's a graduate of Texas Lutheran University out in Seguin and is a certified fundraising executive, which I am one. So uh, we are shared fundraisers. Mm -hmm. Uh, so anyway, welcome. Thank welcome, you. Katrina. Yes, thanks for having me. So glad y'all are here. Well, well, tell us about your history with Brighton Center. Well, you gave a really good synopsis of it. I've, I've been at the organization since 2011, but I actually got introduced to Brighton Center as um, a corporate event planner. I was helping them plan Taste of the North Side as a consultant and just fell in love with the people and the mission. And after I had my first son, I reached out to the CEO um, at that time and said, how can I volunteer? How can I do more? And she said, well, actually, I think we have a position available. And so, you know, I really do think that that was God's way of tugging me in that direction. Um, I just felt like this calling on my heart that I needed to do more for Brighton. And so the rest is history. I've been there for almost 12 years. And um, I tell you, it's it's an honor to get to serve in this way for this kind of organization. And so, um, yeah, I'm about 18 months into the CEO role and every day is something new. Um, and um, it's getting easier and easier, but also the challenges just keep coming too. So I, I bet so. I bet mm-hmm. so. I bet you're glad to take over after the pandemic. Ooh, yes and no. I think um, it's interesting, and I, I know we're probably going to talk about it a little bit later, but coming out of the pandemic, um, we experienced just an unprecedented amount of growth and dealing with that growth. And of course, our services are around children with disabilities. And so that growth is mean we had more children who needed more services. And so it's been a lot of work staffing up. And then of course, we're in sort of a labor crisis too. And so it just presented a bunch of challenges. But again, um, 
being in an organization that puts children and families first is, is an honor and um, a, a true service to the San Antonio community. Right, right. Well, tell us about Brighton Center. I mean, how, when, where, just all those things that we need to know about Brighton. So, you know, Brighton, I, I think we're doing a better job now, but a couple, two, three years ago, we said, gosh, we feel like Brighton Center is still one of the best kept secrets in San Antonio. And we couldn't figure out why, because we've been around since 1969. And we really were, um, we, we evolved from parents who thought their children with Down syndrome needed more opportunities in the community. So back in the 60s, the IDEA laws hadn't passed and special education was not required to be in the public school system. And so this group of parents in the Alamo Heights area got together. They all had children with Down syndrome. And at that time, which is so hard to believe, but even in the 60s, not that long ago, doctors were, you know, telling parents to institutionalize their kids with Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. They'll probably never walk. They'll never talk. They'll never be, you know, independent. You should just institutionalize them. And for these parents, they got together and they said, we think our kids deserve more and can be more than what these medical professionals are saying. So they started um, a school, and it originally was called the Brighton School, and it was mainly focused for kids with Down syndrome. And so a few years later, IDEA passed and special education services were in the school system. So all these kiddos started going to school. But then we had all these parents that said, well, what about us? Like we have small kids who have a disability or delay and they need services now before they get to school. So Brighton has really continued to evolve to just meet the needs of the community. And so we started a preschool center. We started an early childhood intervention program where we partner with the state to provide occupational therapy, speech, physical therapy. Um, and so we, we, we still do all of those things today. And then we had parents that said, okay, you're helping us before school. You're helping us, um, you know, early childhood education and then all this therapy. But then we're getting to school and we don't know what to do. We don't know how to work with educators. We don't know what kind of plans our kids need, what kind of services they need. Can you help us with that? So we created an advocacy group where we teach parents about special education laws. We teach them and their child how to be advocates um, so that they can successfully get through school, whatever that may look like for them. So we were serving about 50 kids in the early 70s, and we anticipate we'll be serving a little over 4,000 children um, by the end of our fiscal year this That's year. Amazing. So, That's yes. amazing. That's what amazing. What a great history. Was there a, a story behind the word Brighton? Was, was that a person's name or just? We have searched and searched for that history, and we can't figure it out. We started, um, the group was called Up With Downs that started, mm. and um, Brighton Center somehow mm-hmm. evolved out of that. And um, so here we are. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Well, you may have touched on this, but uh, tell us a little bit more about the services that, that Brighton uh, offers. So we're so we're so excited to be, you know, there's a lot of different organ- companies, I would say, um, that provides pediatric therapy. What makes Brighton different is the way that we do it and the other services that wrap around them. Um, You said something about the quote, the board member says, um, the right timing, and that actually is one of our slogans. We say the right help at the right time can change a life. And so all of our services are really focused in on early, early childhood because research shows that is when the most impact can be made. So we provide um, pediatric therapy services starting from birth all the way to five years old. 
We have two inclusive preschool centers where we have kids with and without dis- disabilities learning and growing together. And then we have our special education advocacy program that then helps children get the right kind of IEP and evaluations in school so that they can be set up to be really our focus is before eight years old. Research says if they're at grade reading grade level by third grade, they're four times more likely to graduate from high school. So we really, really focus on zero to eight as right. our main focus. And again, for about four different programs, but it's not a stop start. It's from birth all the way to eight. We try to wrap around them. Right. Tell us about the staff that work with the children. They're the most incredible human beings on I the place so. of the face of the planet. Um, it's a mix of licensed therapists, um, like I said, speech, occupational, physical. We also have something called early intervention specialists. They really work with the families. We do a coaching model at Brighton. So anybody can go in and provide a therapeutic service and work with their kid, and then the therapist leave, and the session is over. We know that if we help the parent understand the services and the different strategies they can be doing while we're not there, feeding time, bath time, dress time, going to the grocery stores, whatever sort of strategies they need to be successful in life, we coach those parents and they're doing it. They basically have homework. Every time we leave the session, we give the parent homework. And the the difference in the development our kids make is exponential because the parents are an active part of that therapeutic development. And so um, – yeah, does that answer your question? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Where did the where do the kids come from? I mean, are it primarily Bear County or outside the county? All um, all Bear County, primarily okay. Bear County. I would say our advocacy group serves kids outside of Bear County, but all of our therapy services, um, we we really because we are a partner with the state, we're assigned certain school districts. So if you live within certain school district boundaries, we are that provider. Right, right. Before we went on today, listeners, uh, Katrina and I were talking about the the significant male versus female uh, demographic of the the kids that come. So talk a little bit why there's more boys at Brighton than there are girls. Well, you know, some of it's most of that speculation, but we can, like we were talking about, you know, autism is a a big diagnosing factor for a lot of the children. Or a lot of them have symptoms of, of autism, but they're not diagnosed till a little bit later. But um, I think one in six boys is being diagnosed with autism right now in, in the United States of America. And so it's much more prevalent in boys. I think that's a statistic. I also think boys in general develop a little bit at a slower rate than females. And we're starting to see pediatricians start referring people quicker mm-hmm. to get those services to get caught up, which is great. So um, a little bit, some of that's speculation, but um, if I had to pinpoint it, I would say it's probably related to those two factors. Right. So do kids, you mentioned this, come via a referral from a doctor or just parents reaching out to you directly? Both. both. It can be both. We okay. take self, self-referrals self and then we also, all of our evaluations are free. I see. And so if you have a concern as a parent, you can just go to our website. You can fill in an inquiry form. We will contact you and work to get you about your kiddo evaluated as quickly as possible. Okay. So do people pay then to have their children at Brighton? We, we have... Um, Yes and no. It depends on your insurance. Um, if you are on Medicaid, our services are are genuinely free. Generally free. Um, our preschool is tuition based. Mm-hmm. Although we have scholarships that we offer families who have who have some financial hardships, and then we have something called family cost share, where we will look at the family's income and say, you know, well, what can you pay, and come up with a payment plan and, and things like that. I think what's important to note is that nobody's ever turned away from our services for their inability to pay. We're very creative. And um, as a nonprofit, I think that's one of the privileges we have is fundraising and working with the community to help support those those scholarships. Right, right. Are there any obstacles to families coming to Brighton? I mean, uh, 
just knowledge or, you know, you mentioned resources or lack of education. I mean, are, or do you find that, you know, families just don't get to you like they should? Well, I think that's been a part of our, our growth in the last two years. I think coming out of the pandemic, there was a lot of families who either had a young child born during that time and they, you know, really kept them secluded or they didn't go to the pediatrician and some of these red flags weren't identified in a timely manner. And so as 2021 hit, we saw this boom of what's interesting is we didn't see a boom of referrals. We saw a boom of the amount of kids within that referral pool qualifying. So, you know, our, we, we 30% more kids are qualifying for services because I think we really didn't do a lot of social, emotional work with our kiddos when we were in the pandemic. We, I was home with my kids. They're in elementary, but I stuck them in front of a device because I was trying to work. And I can't imagine some of these younger parents, parents with younger children, how they were, you know, we're just trying to function at that point. We weren't thinking about all these things. And so I think we're, we've seen a lot of growth because a lot of children um, regressed or never got those, hit those social emotional milestones to begin with. Mm-hmm. But as far as a barrier, we try to, we, we, we work with an advertising agency who is a great partner of ours. They want us to get the word out about our organization. And again, the right help at the right time can change a life. So we just, we got to get in these parents in front of these parents as soon as possible. Yeah. Well, for those of you who are just joining us, this is Cody Knowlton, host of the Together for Good program, brought to you by Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio. I'm talking today to Katrina Campbell, and Katrina is CEO of Brighton Center, and Brighton Center is the largest nonprofit providing direct services to children with disabilities and developmental delays in San Antonio. So, so Katrina, tell us, uh, I was noticing on your website, it talks about children having multiple intelligences. Can you tell us a little more about that? Sure. Well, I, you know, the thing about Brighton Center is we look at each child as an individual. Um, Every child has different strengths, different, I would even say weaknesses, but different things that we're working on. And so our approach, whether it's in, in the classroom setting or in a therapy setting, is what works for this kiddo? What do they really need? What kind of you know, what, how can we help them? So it's not a real blanketed approach. It's very, very individualized. And so whether at our preschool program, we always say whether you're gifted and talented or you have a developmental disability, our curriculum is going to meet you where you're at. So we really, really try to focus on how that individual needs to grow. Right. Right. What would you say to a family that's just discovered their children may have a developmental delay or disability? It's going to be okay. Yeah. You it's going to be okay. Just need that encouragement. You're, it's going to be fine. Your kid is going to surprise you, and you might celebrate things differently than you thought you would. Hmm. You might, um, you know, find some of the things that you had hoped for are not going to happen, but you will find so much hope in the things that you never would have noticed before. Um, and I think a lot of our parents, it can feel very isolating when you feel like I have a kiddo who's struggling and I don't know how to help them. And I think Brighton Center is such a good resource for not just children, but the families. Um, We are in the homes of some of these families for three years at a time. And we become an extended part of that family because we know what they're going through and we are helping provide a pathway. You know, every path is a little bit different, but at least they feel like they have a partner in it. So I think overall I would be like, it's going to be okay. Your kiddo is amazing. You love your kid. Your kid loves you. We're going to figure this out together. Mm -hmm. Do you have a story you can tell? Gosh, there's so there's so many. Um, you know, I was just thinking about one of our kiddos who, you know, our preschool program is very interesting 
we have a, a pretty good wait list for children who have had who've been kicked out of other centers or centers say like I just can't meet this child's needs. And I think coming out of COVID, we've seen that exponentially. Mm-hmm. A lot of behaviors, a lot of self-regulation problems, um, a lot of things we didn't really experience before the pandemic. But we had a child who um, came to us at three, wasn't walking, wasn't talking, had never been socialized before. They had tried to put him in the school district. That wasn't going well. Um, and so we found a place for him at Brighton. And within a couple of months, he was his parents didn't think he'd walk. The doctors really didn't know what was going on. In three months, he was walking and he was talking. He was participating at circle time. He just wanted to be like his friends. And given the right environment, these kids can thrive. They really can. Um, I can't say his name, but he, he is the most precious boy. And you can just see him becoming him, you know, being able to communicate. And I think... A lot of these little kids, um, they're so frustrated because they can't talk or they don't know how to tell you what they want. And I think a lot of that then comes into behaviors. And so we really are just try- trying to create a space where everyone can be themselves and figure out who they are in this. So that that's a recent one. We have a little girl who's in our pediatric therapy clinic whose family is here from India. Oh, wow. They've been um, trans- transferred here as a part of a, a short-term job. And he's kind of bounced around in, in jobs a little bit. And their their son has autism and their daughter has significant um, intellectual disabilities, physical disabilities. And because they're not on Medicaid, um, they couldn't get services at all. Hmm. I don't know if you know this, Cody, but private insurance is sometimes not the best. Really? Oh, wow. We're finding our middle-income families are the ones squeezed the most. That's right. That's right. And so this family was in that category and had been turned down clinic after clinic after clinic because of their of their insurance provider and we were like not here you tell us what and a lot of kid of our kiddos need 12 15 services a month and so we were able to provide her and she's standing up now in her standard she's super vocal and i think more importantly the parents just feel really really hopeful wow that's that's got to really encourage you on those days when things are a little challenging in the in the in the corner office for you know whatever is crossing your desk it does uh, to just think about those those stories those successes uh, and those parents that are kind of came in with a worried look on their face and are mm-hmm. now starting to smile and realize again there's hope and life is life is going to be okay it's going to be different you know their journey is going to not be uh, perhaps what they thought it might be, but right. uh, if anybody's raised children, and I have, and you are, mm-hmm. yeah, everybody's journey is going to be different. It's all different, and it's never <laughs> well, what you expect. No, you. it's not. No, it's not. Um, what specific challenges does Brighton navigate when working with children with developmental de- delays and disabilities? You know, I think from making sure we have enough funding to support those families in that gap that we just talked about, I think that's always a challenge. I think, um, you know, really meeting the growth and the need for our services has been um, a challenge, just making sure we're getting the right staff and and keeping them with quality pay and quality benefits. Um, I think quality is something that we haven't really struggled with at all because we, we hire the right people and mm-hmm. the people are there for the right reasons and they give the families all the all the attention that they need. And so I think long term, the challenges are just making sure that um, we're building a business that's sustainable and creating, continuing our community partnerships so they want to keep investing in, in the services we provide. Mm-hmm. I talk a lot about benchmarks. Are those, are those hard to determine for a, for a child? Again, that's so individualized. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have different, we call them an individualized family service plan. And and we, everyone is different. 
everyone is different. They all have different goals. Um, someone who's – we could have two, three-year-olds with very, very, very different goals just depending on what they need to work on. Yeah. So. Yeah, we touched on the pandemic at the beginning. I want to circle back around to that because uh, I want to say a personal thank you to you uh, and the whole nonprofit community that had to pivot on so many different fronts when the pandemic hit and then, you know, when it when it was finished. So talk about how y'all navigated the pandemic during and then kind of what is different now that it's over. Well, I have to give a lot of credit to Kim Jeffries, who was my predecessor in this role. I think that was such a challenge. Nobody saw it coming, obviously. what we Our biggest pivot was pivoting to in-home services to telehealth within a couple of weeks. Had never done it before, didn't know how to do it. I, again, our staff just figured it out, and they made it work. And <laughs> there's horror stories, not horror stories, but stories about how they would be, like, seasick from the camera bobbing up and down after a visit. But they made it work. In our preschool, we were open within four weeks um, to continue serving children who needed us. And so I, I, I think we did a really, really good job because we kept the mission at the focus. Um, failing was not an option. And so we figured it out. We all worked really hard. We got used to working at home, which was great and brutal all at the same time, all managing our children at home too. But um, I can't say enough about the work everybody put in to make sure that our kids still got services during the pandemic. I think post-pandemic, we still struggle with families canceling a lot um, because of illness or because of fear of illness. We still struggle with kids who probably should have been referred to us two years before they actually were because they weren't going to see the pediatrician. Um, those sorts of we're still struggling with staffing a little bit, getting uh, the volume of, of staff we need to get in. And so those are just a, a few of our struggles. I bet you learned a lot about fundraising during that time. And you had to get kind of creative, didn't you? We, well, right. All the special events went away. Um, we did get a little creative, did some online stuff. I think, Cody, I have to say I was just so impressed by this community in San Antonio because we could have really felt it by not having events, and we didn't because our other funders and partners stepped up and made sure made us whole. They made sure we had what we need. And I don't know that every community is like that. San Antonio is truly special in that way. Right, right. I don't know if we mentioned it or not, but you do have two locations here in San Antonio. So talk about what goes on at those individual places. We actually have three locations. Oh, one, okay. one of them is just an office for our therapists on the south side of town. And then we have two. Um, our main headquarters is off Higgins Road on the northeast side where we do we have pediatric therapy and we have a preschool and most of our office staff is there and then we have a cute little house that we've owned since the 60s it was given to us where we do just our preschool program and our therapists travel to that location as well so so we have one northeast one monta vista and one on the south side i see well, how can families find out more about your services? So they can just go to Brighton, B-R-I-G-H-T-O-N-S-A dot O-R-G. Um, all of our services are online. You can, like I said earlier, you can do a self-referral. If you have any doubts about your child's development, just fill it out and let us do a free evaluation so we can either get them enrolled or put your mind at ease, whatever the case may be. But BrightonSA.org has a lot of information, and we are we are there to help families in any way we can. Awesome. Okay. That's Brighton S. We'll talk about community support. I mean, obviously, financial, volunteers. There's so many ways that people can come alongside y'all. So tell us more about that. Yeah, so we do, uh, we're very heavy participants in the Big Give. 
uh, annually. We That's a great way for individuals to get involved with even some, those small donations. They really add up at that event. We, pr- we put on a gala, our best night ever in the fall, and then our Taste of the Northside event is coming up. It's a fiesta event on April 25th. Volunteers, we usually just, most of our volunteer support is event-based. So if any of those events are interesting to you, that would be a way to get involved. Um, but we do we do allow some shadowing and things like that. But from a from a community standpoint, I think besides donating money, helping spread the word about what we do. And if you have a friend or a family member who has a child struggling, just mention Brighton and help them get connected so we can see how we can help. Right. And y'all are the only ones doing this in San Antonio. Is that right? In the comprehensive way mm-hmm. that we do it, yes, sir. Yeah. Um, and we're we're definitely one of the largest as well, providing just pediatric therapy services. Mm. So there's there's no one else like us where we're looking at the child as a whole from zero to eight. Wow. Well, you've done such a great job. I mean, it's a it's a great organization, and thank you so much for uh, your commitment to to children and to their futures. And so, I'd like to close this with a word of prayer. That'd be great. And um, and then we will uh, we will close out today. So, uh, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you uh, for the opportunity to come and visit with our friend Katrina Campbell at Brighton Center. And we're grateful for her. We're grateful for her leadership. We're grateful for this organization that pours into kids that uh, need extra help. And uh, we're just so uh, thankful that there's an organization like Brighton that exists to come alongside families that are uh, worried, concerned, um, fearful. And uh, they they know that they're going to get the help they need because Brighton exists. So we just continue to lift up Brighton and all it does, uh, help it to be all that you need it to be, Lord. And we, we just ask this in your powerful name. Amen. Well, Katrina, thank you thank for you. joining this us was so fun. today and uh, telling our audience more about the incredible work Brighton does daily for the children in San Antonio. Uh, we greatly appreciate you and everyone at Brighton for taking on this life-changing work, and it's hard work. It's not, it's not easy. It, it's easy. It is not easy, and so thank you for, for doing that. Listeners, thank you for tuning in uh, today uh, for our show. We're always glad when you join us here on Together for Good. You can catch our episodes anywhere you get your podcasts or by visiting Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio's website, bhfsa.org slash togetherforgood. That's bhfsa.org togetherforgood. Uh, We'll be back next week with another great conversation about health matters and the work of our nonprofits in the area. But before we go, uh, make sure you've written down BrightonSA.org. And Katrina Campbell was here with us, and she's the CEO. And I'm sure she'd love to hear from you if you have any direct questions or uh, ways that you want to help uh, Brighton, whether it's uh, financial or whether it's volunteers or whether you need their services. She would love to hear from you. So uh, until next week, uh, we'll look forward to seeing you then. God bless and take care, everyone. Thank you for tuning in today for Together for Good. We hope you've been encouraged, uplifted, and inspired. Until our next time together, may the Lord bless and keep you. And in all things, to God be the glory. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.